Hello, everyone. This is Jason Avant getting ready to kick off the Q&A show. We are back again. I'm here with one of my favorite teammates of all time. Q, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? What's up? Good to be here. Jay, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited. Um, I'm excited about the Eagles and what they're doing. Um, I'm actually starting to become optimistic. Am I like the fan that was like doom and gloom like last week? And now I'm like kind of getting excited. And I'll give you a story later on to tell you guys why I'm a little bit more optimistic and excited. Um, and I think everybody can, can, you know, recognize and, and be able to, to, to see where, where I'm coming from. Hey Q, I want to talk about a few things tonight, but before we talk about that, we want to say thank you to all the fans that are, that are tuning in to the Q&A show on the Inside the Birds platform, YouTube channel, um, everyone that's tuning in through Amazon Music, um, everyone that's, that's sending us messages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We wanna say thank you guys for making our show a success. We really enjoyed this um, and we enjoyed the, the comments and all of the feedback that we're getting back, just walking around um, at launch, Q's getting conversation and, and, uh, and people stopping him. So we're just excited about um, what we're doing with this show. And thank you guys for being a part. Um, thanks, thanks to um, Inside the Birds, Adam and Jeff for making this happen. I'm a man Q, my man Hunter in the background, everyone that's responsible. So um, Q, do you have anything to say before we start? No, man, let's get into it. You know me, man. I'm ready to go. Let's You're ready it. to go. All right. <laughs> so there's a lot of news that happened this week with the Eagles. Um, the biggest news happened yesterday, maybe the day before yesterday, but I think it was yesterday with Ryan, the Ryan Kerrigan signing. We know that Ryan Kerrigan has been a pain in our butt for some time now. Um, it's He's been the premier pass rusher for the Washington football team. I'm not going to say the Redskins. Um, I saw this funny meme of them just saying, you know, WFT and them switching the, the T and the F. Yeah. And it was like, what the, f <laughs> what the football team in Washington, right? I like so, that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But we know yeah. that he's been a, a thorn in our side. Um, he has 13 and a half career sacks versus the Eagles. It's tied for the most of any team um, in our division, and um, we are excited to have him. But are we getting a Ryan Kerrigan of old Q? Are we getting a, you know, dilapidated, broke down, trying to <laughs> renovate his career? No good anymore, Ryan Kerrigan. Well, let me let me tell you this. First of all, as long as we still got him, we ain't got <laughs> for two games, we ain't got to worry about it. All right. So we don't have to worry about him on the other side. Uh, uh, smashing us, but listen, you know, I, I think this is a great signing. He's a he's a, a good locker room, a very good locker room guy, from what I hear. Um, <clears throat> very good, accomplished player. Um, I, I do think, I, I obviously, he's a little bit older now. Um, he's a player that he's, he's on the back nine, but you can still get a lot of good reps out of him. Um, some good leadership, and um, and I think um, situationally, he's going to help us tremendously in, in the pass rushing game and. Um, if, if for nothing else, man, you know, he's someone you got to worry about on the D-line. Um, he's a guy that, you know, maybe <clears throat> if we put him in certain positions, they'll, you know, they'll have to slide protections to him. They'll have to worry about him and that'll free up space for, for you know, maybe the end on the opposite side of him. Or, you know, maybe you can't double team Fletch if you're worried about, about um, Kerrigan on the outside and you got BG in the game. So I just think he adds a lot of versatility and um, puts a lot of more stress on, um, the opposing team's offensive line. Okay. So uh, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, we're talking about a situational player. Oh, that jogs my memory. There was a Chris Long, like, 
that oh, who is that's he's yes. been trending in Philadelphia ever since Ryan Kerrigan signing. Um, and everyone's talking about this is the next Chris Long for us. And Chris had a very productive time here. Whenever he was in the game, he made his reps count. And yes. um, we know that he was, you know, instrumental in winning that Super Bowl in 2017. So a lot of people are saying this is, you know, the second coming of Chris Long. Um, my thoughts on Ryan Kerrigan, if I don't, I see what the young guys have done in Washington. Um, Sweat and the the first round draft pick, what's his name uh, right now? Chase, Chase, Chase Young. Young. Uh, and I remember, you know, how well of a game they played against the Eagles the last, you know, the last season when I was on the, t- on the team. And I remember Kerrigan, you know, starting that off. And I can see the pass rushing moves develop for Chase Young and Sweat. I'm pretty sure Kerrigan has a lot to do with that. Now you start to put in our Sweat, our Josh, and start to put in Barnett. And these other guys, these young pass rushers, I think it only bodes well for our team. Having mm-hmm. a glue locker room guy like that, the guy that's been around, that has the respect of everyone. And very rarely do you have that in National Football League, especially with a team who has a, a linebackers coach who's 26 years old and most of the players are very young now. The Eagles have gotten young really fast besides, you know, the, the offensive line and a few other guys. But they're pretty a young team in comparison to last year with some of the moves that they've made. A guy like Kerrigan in the locker room automatically gives the, the Eagles respect, um, gets the Eagles um, respecting the younger players to respect him. So I really like that. Now, the last two years, 11 sacks uh, yeah. for a situational player, that's good. Not for the main, but for a situational player, that's good. We can use that because besides BG last year, we had no pass rush. Yeah. So we can use that anytime. Um, so let's let's transition off of that uh, into our next topic. Now, let's talk about where he's going to be played because there's a lot of discussion on this because, you know, in Washington is 3-4. In Washington, there was a bunch of different defenses that, that he played. Now, we're talking about, you know, 4-3 and 4-3 under and all of these different things. Where do you think he's going to fit best with the Eagles program with um, Gannon? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think um, you know, obviously from what we're hearing, um <clears throat> we're hearing anywhere from a four three under to a four three tilt or um four three stunt and, and so we'll 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 get into that a little bit later. Um so the, the good thing about the good thing that I, I like about um Kerrigan is he's a versatile player. Um he's a versatile player and from from everything that I've 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 heard and, and seen is actually especially just watching him play. He seems like a guy that just loves the game and and will is willing to to do whatever he needs to do to get on the field and help the team win. So that being said, you know there's 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 words that <clears throat> there's people talking. Maybe he's going to be a, a DN rush in. Um, he's it's possible that he could be a, a Sam Sam linebacker kind of walked up in the under front, um, which I think bodes well because that's a versatile player that can do both. Of, I think he's a player that can do both of those things. He can step up and, and jam. Um, jam the opposing team's tight end. He's got long arms. He's strong. He, he's he's a savvy vet, and um, he can do a good job there. Obviously, you don't want him dropping into coverage, and you don't want him covering man to man tight ends down the field. But you know, if, if he's got to step up over a tight end, jam him, and, and you know, maybe drop into the flat or or maybe jamming and end up with a late pass rush, 
Um, I think he can do that very well. And obviously, you know, run, you know, if he's, if, if they're trying to run, let's say you're in a two man, two man, uh, two man backfield and you try to run to the strong side, tight inside, he's a guy that can definitely jam that tight end and, and, yeah. and, and uh, force to run back the other way. So I, you know, I, I think rush in or sandbacker, whatever they're looking for, I think he can do it and I think he can help tremendously. Yeah, that rotation is looking better for me. It's looking yes. better because we hadn't been able to generate the pass rush, but with with Barnett being back and hopefully he's healthy and at weight, we can see um, what he's going to do. We can see Brandon. We know what Brandon is going to be, mm -hmm. um, but Sweat, hopefully he can, you know, um, continue to progress and shine. And then you add a guy like Kerrigan in there with a few other young guys. I'm excited to see it. Now, hopefully we can get some pass rush because we still didn't address cornerback. Um, well, we did. We got a guy named Josiah Scott who didn't play much last year um, out of Michigan State. I don't necessarily think that it was, um, you know, it's a guy as yeah. of right now. He's a guy. He has some upside at Michigan State. We know that the Big Ten is not the best when it comes to cornerback and receiver play when it comes to <laughs> speed and stuff. I, and, I, and, and let me say that because I'm from the Big Ten. I'm just saying in, in the last couple of years, it hadn't been, you know, the best. But with that being said, let's get to the next topic. We need to go cover um, the rookie minicamp. That's what happened this week. Um, rookie minicamp Q. I had a. I was. I was fortunate enough, enough to be there and uh, and talk to some of the players. But before we get to that, um, I'll you know we'll go through you know some of the questions that we had and some of the things that are that are on the outline. Now, tell me about the rookie minicamp from your perspective. Like we talked about it last week and what it's like to be a rookie and what what they can expect during camp. But let's talk about rookie minicamp as a whole. Rookie minicamp, can you touch, you know, the opposing, um, you know, player, offense and defense? Do, does linemen, you know, get into can they can they be effective or get better during that time because if there's no pads on how to line and get better and also running backs is it just seven on seven and the running backs don't get any work like how does that work for from the fans perspective I'm going to ask you this question I kind of know that um so I want to um get that from you um yeah so um without yeah so that's a for me not with not knowing the CBA I don't know the the, the full rules of it um how they've changed since, mm -hmm. since I've last played, but, um, you know, the rookie mini camp is it's, it's high intensity. It's high, um, competition. Um, now, now, and I say that in the sense of they're not out there just tackling each other and, and banging into each other, but you know, it's, you're new, everybody's is fresh and you're, you're learning all this stuff and everybody's competing. They're trying to show off. And, um, you know, even, even you got rookie coaches, they're even out there trying to, you know, show off and, and try to yeah. impress. So from, from that sense, I think the competition level is high. I think, I think, um, you know, everyone out there <clears throat> is out there to put their best foot forward. I mean, this yeah. is, this you're, you're, especially with a new coaching staff, like this is, you're, you're the first, you're the first that they, you know, had the chance to put their eyes on, to, mm -hmm. to watch film with, to um, practice drills with. So, you know, the competition and the excitement level is high. Um, I'm not, I'm not putting much more into that other than the fact that it's the first, it's the first rookie money camp. Um, there's a lot more football to be learned. There's a lot more football to be coached. There's a lot more football 
there's a lot more experiences to be um, <clears throat> to be learning from. So for me personally, um, I I do like that. It seems like everybody is excited. It seems like the players are excited. It seems like the coaches are excited, but it's a marathon. And so, you know, let's not get too crazy, you know, thinking about what we have right now. It's a slow building process. Well, yeah, Yeah, I think that's a great um, perspective. It's a sober perspective of how we should view it as a fan. Now, the way I view mini camp or rookie mini camp, I told you guys last week, shorts doesn't impress me at all because everyone looks good in shorts, but it's the start of something, especially when you consider COVID and the pandemic, right? So last year, they they didn't get an opportunity to be in the building at this time. So the development of Rager and Watkins and on and on and on and on was kind of suppressed and delayed. And we didn't get a chance to see those guys get to the point that a normal rookie would be at the start of the season until probably week 11 or 12 because there was no off-season program. So having these guys in the locker room, it's good for the, the organization, good for their development, good for their growth. Now, when it comes to running backs and it comes to offensive linemen, you get most of your work done in individual, right? Because they're, they're telling you constantly, don't touch the quarterback. Um, stay off the ground. We don't want collisions, all of these things. So you get kind of a, a get off during during the, the team periods and you engage and you try to work your hands to see if you can get in a position to 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 possibly for it to look like a sack on the film. But you're you're definitely limited because you don't want to cause a collision. You don't want to cause, you know, um, the quarterback, you know, to hit his arm or anything like that. So it's a very, very tough time to be a young rookie defensive lineman that's being told, don't go so hard so you don't hurt the quarterback. So that's a very, very hard thing to do. And also for the running back, the running back doesn't get a chance to see like clearly like the holes and the vision and stuff like that. Because like we said, you're trying to measure the pace as an offensive lineman, as a defensive lineman. So you're the screen that the running back is normally seeing in the game because everyone's going full speed, like on contact, some of the defensive linemen are stopping. Some of the guys are going fast. So it's very, very hard to see your keys and read those um, things when you're running the football. And then it's really for receivers, receivers and cornerbacks, like yeah. rookie mini camps and all those things. It's about receivers and cornerbacks. You can tell a bunch out of that. I don't necessarily know what the collective bargain agreement is. And for the fans that don't know this, everything that the um, offseason schedule, um, everything that it that, that's pertained in those in those schedules and also with the rookie mini camps and training camps and so on and so forth have been collectively bargained between the NFL PA or the players and the owners. And so sometimes they allow you to have more contact during certain times of the year than others. And during the first stages, there's less contact as possible. But our coaches, and, and I may sound like a snitch right here, but our coaches, <laughs> would always press the envelope. You would do things that was not collectively bargained, meaning that that we would jam guys, we would thud, we would do things like that on our own naturally, and the coaches would never stop us until someone had to snitch on them. There's a few people that, that would go, you know, we can't we can't mention their names on here, but they would definitely <laughs> tell the PA and the PA would shut the shut the coaches down sometime. You have to do that type of stuff. Yeah. But with that being said, um I would I would hope that, you know, Devontae Smith 
and Trayvon Grimes and those guys got a chance to see what a jam is going to be like at the pro level. Because even though they're rookies, they're going against rookie, they're getting pro coaching to be able to be more patient at the line and, and all yeah. those things. So um, I think that's the most exciting part for me, Q. Yeah. And, and you know, and, you know, the, the question too sometimes becomes, is it like, what's more important? Is it, is more important to do the classwork? Is more important to do, you know, the, the football, the field stuff, individual mm-hmm. drills. And I think really it's like a combination of all that because, um, <clears throat> this is really the first time, you know, a lot of these guys have touched the field since what I want to say yeah. like January, like, you know, like, um, I guess January for Alabama because they were in the, in the, in the mm-hmm. playoffs, but so it's, it's been quite a while. Right. And so, you know, some players have, have been much longer than that. So it's really a good opportunity to just get back in the swing of things and, and really to get that experience and, and, for the coaches and the players of what do we, what do we really have? Like, you know, we went through the meetings, we went through, we watched tape with these guys, but like, what do we really have as a team moving forward? Which, and you can tell um, a lot of times you can tell right away. um, Okay. He's definitely going to be able to help. He's going to need a little bit more work. I don't know about this guy. So you have an idea going into the rest of the camp when you start bringing in all of the, um, the, the, the mid-level guys, the second year rookies, the, the bubble type players and the um, OTAs and then <clears throat> going on until when you bring the, the vets, the rest of the vets. in. so I think it's 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 all important and it all plays its its part, um, not necessarily in, in the sense of, hey, we have a Super Bowl team right now. We just have the building blocks right now. So I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. And and that's really what I get from the these first few um, camps. Yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. The. Yeah. So I got a chance, I got a chance to stop by there and speak to the rookies this week. And um, it was, it was cool. So um, I, I got an opportunity to, you know, address the team and I did to the rookies. And afterward, there was a few people that came up to me and Devante was one of those guys that was near me and um, a very humble dude. And the coaches raved about him. And, you know, I've been on the fence and I've been kind of critical of, you know, Nick Seriani as well. And Nick was one of the first people that came to, to come up to me. And you can feel his energy. You can feel that it's sincere. And you can feel that um, the guy loves football. And he has a bunch of guys around there. It's a different energy there. Like, because I was there last year, and it was a very, very thick, um, comp- competitive um like you're in the middle of a fight. Cause I came there last year. It was like, I, I was in the middle of man, which side do I, do yeah, I to yeah. go? Like if I, if I hang out with these two guys, this group is going to be, and you were like in the middle of like turmoil, but now there is like a free flow there. And there's a fresh sense of like renewal for a lot of people around the building. People that we know we've known for years in the training staff and the weight room and equipment um, management, all those people there, um, they're excited about what's going on. And I can kind of attribute that to his energy because sitting there talking to him, he talked to me for a good 20 minutes about ball and, you know, when I played and how he shows tape and stuff like that. Um, and he loves receivers. And the one thing he said about Devontae Smith is, is that he loves ball. And I can, when I was sitting there talking to him, he just sit there, listen, ask his questions. And what do I have to do in order to, you know, get better as an NFL player? And that was, his humility for where he, for what he's accomplished 
was the the sign for me to let me know okay he, he he's he's expecting to, to to be good this is not something that's going to be like new for him he he's he acts like the man he acts like he's been there and so I'm looking forward to that all of his coaches said that um coach Moorhead said the same thing so I'm excited about that um I was impressed by Nick Sirianni in person I was I, I'm not I've never been impressed by his interviews at all but yeah. in person I was thoroughly impressed by him. that's awesome and that's great news to hear man because yeah you know it's all it's and you, you kind of go out and you listen to you know what other people say and it's kind of all over the board you know some people are you know they love it some people don't love it some people don't care so that's good to hear that you actually have first-hand experience and actually meeting them so you know and I trust I trust your judgment and, and uh, so I I, I I hope it's a it's a good long marriage because you know we we deserve the, the Eagles fans we deserve <laughs> Yeah. much better so so with that being said like there's this shift that's happening there's a shift that's happening in the city and i talked about it a little bit earlier i want to know where you stand with it and you know we could be i could be going with the wave sometimes the fans get you going <laughs> wave. you're like hey i'm in there with them. but is it is it just like foolish optimism because of you know the signings that we've had the draft that we've had um the schedule that came out um all of these things that are occurring, do you think that the Eagles actually having a shot at the division or actually having a shot at the playoffs or actually being a, a contending team is totally outside the framework um, of, of thought for you? Or tell me your position. I'm putting you on the spot. Where does Q stand? Choose you today. Uh, Who are you going to uh, start? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, this is a tough one. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. And I say that because I love, um, and even the more I'm learning about things right now, I'm, I love the Eagles draft. And um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I, I love the Eagles draft. I think they did a good job with their moves. Obviously, um, secondary-wise, I would love to see some more additions there. But without that, um, without the hanging on the um, the secondary part, I've been um, cautiously optimistic. Now, the schedule ain't no joke, though. So yeah. <laughs> that's that's the one thing. That. Where, yeah, like that's the one thing where it's like, okay, we've got a, a new breath of fresh air type of coach that's all about football, exciting. We got a good draft going. We got a good plan going, seems like. We got energetic young coaches. We got some different schemes. Mm -hmm. So the, the the two things that I'm worried about the most are the schedule and the situation with, with Jalen Hurts. And mm -hmm. um, like even today, um, I, you know, this this weekend I was listening to the, the presser with uh, Coach Sirianni and it just worries me a little bit um, that there's not a clear cut. Yes, he's our quarterback. Mm -hmm. No, we'll see. Like if it's if it's more of, we'll see what we have, then I'd rather hear that than um, at just, just at the quarterback position. Like every other position, I, I understand, and I, I'm totally fine with, hey, we got to go out there and compete. Just go out there and compete. Like I get that part. Just quarterback is the one position where, and you know, is that like you got to know who's going to be there, right? Like you got to yeah. know who's going to be there because it's not going to be pretty every week, right? And it's going to be some weeks where he's going to look great, there's going to be some weeks where it's going to be tough. It's going to be some weeks where the, all of us fans and media like, I'm like, get him out of there. Where's, where's Flacco? Throw him in there. And so, like, 
I just, I, I want, I want to, I just wish I could hear more of a commitment to Hurts. That's the two things that really are making me a little apprehensive right now. Ah. <laughs> so here's my thing with Hurts. Now I got to do this. I got to do it, Q. I got to do it. <laughs> this city tore Carson Wentz to shreds. Fair enough. Yes. Because what we perceived as his lack of acceptance of competition. Okay, I got that. All right, yeah. Right? And we wanted a free and open competition. And I'm from that school that all positions, I'm not saying that, I'm not going to be like, 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 like all men are created equal. And, you know, <laughs> we, we know that that's different <laughs> even in the, when it comes to quarterback, right? Yep. I understand that. But I think that it's in good keeping to where the offseason change happened. So for the organization, they wanted more competition at every position. They preached it, they preached it, they preached it. They allowed Jalen Hurts to um, supplant and or, you know, replace Carson Wentz because of competition, competition, competition. We heard Howie say that. We heard Sirianni say that. Now, it's in good keeping. It's there at least, at the least, they're at the they're on the same page. Okay, I, that's I, all I, I'm saying. At the least, they're 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 on the same page and they're actually practicing what they preach. And they didn't get rid of um, Carson Wentz and then change their rhetoric. True, true. That's all I'm saying. At okay, least that's okay. the case. Now, I, but it's I hear what you're saying. And, 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 and yes, it would be nice for Jalen Hurts, but also there has to be something. And, and just to be, to be like, for me, knowing the kid, I think that this is the way you get the best out of him anyway. True. So just, that's just me from an insider's kind of perspective, but go ahead. Yeah. But that, that on the same, that, I get that part of it, but on the same, to me, on the same note as a, as a player, let's say um, you're, you know, Jalen Rager, right? Um, if you're hearing these, these press conferences and you're really listening to it and you're hearing the competition, competition, competition. Okay. I get that. But then it's like, okay, well, what happens if, uh, you know, we go into week, let's say week three and, and things he has, let's say Hurts has a bad game, right? Like you want, it's 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 a t I get it. It's a double edged sword, but I feel like the quarterback position is the one position where they have to be able to have a couple bad games and not feel like they're going to be. Now it's different. Like if if I'm a safety and I'm getting burnt left and right, like it's just it just comes with it. Like that's just part. Like it's part of 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 it, right? It's yeah. part of the game. Like I know, like damn, I got smoke. Like I'm gonna be on the bench next week, and and rightfully so. But there's so many different aspects that come into the quarterback position, and I just, I just don't want to see that. Um, you know, we're kind of setting ourselves up. Like we want the competition factor, and I do believe I agree with you, Jalen. Yeah. It's definitely built for it. But I also want to know, like, hey, what's the plan? Like, like offensively, what? What's our plan? Are we gonna have? Jalen, is he going to be able to zone, you know, zone read and run and use his legs? Or we're going to have Flacco that's going to, you know, drop back and play action and throw it deep. Like what, what is the plan? So I think, I think when you're looking at it from the sense of 
who's going to like who's going to lead our team it's more of a scheme wise like what is our scheme going to look like i guess and and i see like the defensively i see the scheme i'm based on the picks i'm starting to see kind of where it's it's starting to form and where it's starting to go i still don't know with the offense like where i guess that's maybe that's why i'm a little yeah. apprehensive because I, yeah. I i can't really feel where it's where it's going like what's it going to look like you know yeah for, from what from what i hear that it is it's very similar to what we're used to and what we're accustomed uh, accustomed okay. to um with the west coast as far as style wise um okay. now um there is more freedom for the 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 slot and the tight ends there's a little bit more freedom for them so that with that alone so i don't want the fans taking this taking away that oh we're running the same offense no it's similar, but if the slot and the tight end has more freedom, which they are very, very restricted in the traditional West Coast offense, you literally have to go outside the framework of the offense and the formations in order to get those two positions of the ball. We've mastered it, but part of the reason we've mastered it here at the Philadelphia Eagles, we've confused everyone else because it's not standard formations. And now I'm starting to get pretty technical here. But if there, a standard formation is trips right, that's a standard formation everywhere across the league. Trips right, tight ends on the right, the um, adjuster or the zebra or the slot receiver is next to him and then the Z's out wide and then the X by himself. That's a standard offense. In order for this offense or the West Coast offense to get to, you know, where the tight end is in the middle, you have to make a different name, a different call. And then that, you know, they may say instead of trips right, you got to put target right. Now target means the tight end is in the middle or you got to do something else. It's still trips. It's not still got R in it, all those things, right? So you have to come up with a different terminology in order to make it simple. But if the offense naturally yields to or was created for the tight end for the for the, the slot receiver is going to be a lot easier on everyone else um I was there when it was a lot of confusion because of them trying to get you know Zach Ertz the ball is like yo why are we naming it this is like this play is doesn't even exist but we got to get Zach Ertz the ball so everyone else is going to be confused because we got to get Zach Ertz the ball so um, that's a little bit more inside detail, um, but so the offense will look very different if the if the offense were created for the two guys. Because you you know now, um, when you start getting into the and when you start getting in the right right, when you start getting the Frank right, I think that he's one of the better offensive coordinators in this league and, and and head coaches in this league. The reason I think that is because he's had so many different offensive systems and yes. he's been able to marry them. And so you go with a guy like Frank Wright, who's with Marty Schottenheimers, with the number system, which is more of a play action, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger type of a system. And then you bring him into the West Coast system, and now he gains that Andy Reid knowledge. Bam! It just blows yeah. you open, right? So I think think him having that insight, and and if Sirianni's anything like that, it only helps. It only helps um, our team, but. I just went on a, a massive tangent, but yeah. It's a, and not to mention, he, he played in um, in with the Bills in one exactly. of the first no huddle offenses that offense we ever saw. Offense like a run and shoot type of yeah, offense. Yeah, I forget offense. what so, the offense was yeah. called, but yeah. But yeah, um, but but anyhow, the so to 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 just back up, Jalen Hurts and 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 his ability for me, I love the competition aspect of it. I love uh where they have him 
Now, with you saying that, I don't think that the Eagles has ever been a one or two or three start team. Like, oh, to do what, you know, Brian Flores did to um, Tua last year. Now, that's asinine. That's absurd. That's one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. Yes, the team was able to get in and all those things, but that's terrible. You are literally hanging a guy that you pick number five overall in the balance when he has the potential to be your franchise for the next 15, maybe even 20 years, Tom Brady. Like, how does that work? It doesn't make sense to me in my mind. So I understand that aspect of it, but I think with the Eagles giving Carson Wentz that long of a rope, he played horrible for <laughs> most of the season. And they gave him that long rope. I don't think Jalen Hurst has anything to worry about. All right. Good. All right. good. So there I go. Yeah, we good, then. We good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Let's let's get to um, the portion that we promised. Now, we promised the fans. We've been promising them for weeks <laughs> and weeks and weeks about questions. Questionnaires. This is the show. It's Q&A show. Um, Quentin, Michael, Jason, and Vaughn here, but question and answer is the topic and the name of the show. So we're going to give the fans the opportunity now um, to um, be heard. Um, we've been taking questions all week on um, inside the birds at gmail.com um, from fans all week. We've been taking them from um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, trying to get the best questions and things that, you know, people want to know about. And Q, we're going to start right off with my man, Thad F. Um, Thad, I don't know if it's Thaddeus or whatever. We just got Thad F. That's what we have. Thad F, Kevin R, all those guys um, had questions. And the first question um, is, I really like Jalen Hurts' demeanor and desire to be great. How realistic is it that he will be a franchise quarterback? Q. The ball is in your court, right from Kevin or Thad F. This is Thad F. I think it's I. I personally, I think it's it's very um, it's very realistic, um, and I and I say that um, because he has all the intangibles. Um, he's got the size. He's got the the arm strength. He's got the speed. He's got the agility. The the football intellect. Um, he's the the one thing that he doesn't have yet, in my opinion, is the experience. Um, he has the the fight. He's got a dog in him. He's 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 fought through a tremendous amount of adversity, and he's a winner. And so when you when you put all that together, I do I do think that he can be. He has what it takes to be a, a franchise quarterback. Now, as we all know, a franchise quarterback they need two things: they need time and they need weapons. So I think we give him a little bit of time to develop. Mm-hmm. We don't bash him if he has a couple bad games. We know that eventually he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna write it he's gonna come out of it, and we got to get him some weapons and we got to let him to me me personally what I think, um, let him know that it's okay to run, right? So like don't don't forget that don't forget that right don't don't go out there as a quarterback and think that you dropping back and throwing it fifty times a game and not taking them taking a run when it's open is going to do you any favors. Yeah. One of the worst, most difficult things on a defense is a quarterback that is willing to run and will run and can hurt you with the run. Because you 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 can't plan for that, right? As a defensive yeah. coordinator, you're planning, if you're planning, let's say you're planning for a blitz, you're planning the blitz to be able to get that quarterback off his spot and yeah. get him down on the ground. Now, 
as you know, with a blitz, if, if you don't get there in time and that quarterback finds the open area or the open lane and he can hit it and, and make you pay for it, that's that's a done deal. And then what that also does is defensive coordinator the rest of the game, he's like, dang, I, I don't want to call another blitz. I, I don't want to call that blitz. Because <laughs> <laughs> I might lose my job if he, if he you know, he gets another one. So, so it really, it, it what it does is it puts more pressure on the defensive coordinator and the, and the opposing defense. So, um, let let him run. Let him go out there and do his thing. Also, still develop his his passing game, but let's let him develop into what he what he's he's meant to be. He's best at. Um, yes, that's a great that's a great take on it. Um, I like that too because there is a lot of, and and this is something that we can talk about here, um, and we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to say this, and and I'm not trying to be offensive. And I know some of the people are back in inside the birds land right now and that's in the back office. Like, what is Jason about to say? Um, it won't be too bad. But a lot of times um, we listen to the outside forces, people around us. Right. Um, like there may be Tom Brady will go down as the greatest quarterback in history. Joe Montana, um, Warren Moon whoever it may be, just pure passers, Dan Marino, those guys. And they've done it a certain way for so long that for a long period of time, that was like the status quo and the standard. But the guard has changed. Do I like the the way that the guard has changed? Me personally, no. But the guard has changed into this more mobile, athletic quarterback. And the worst thing that Jalen Hurts can do is listen to the naysayers and the outside forces that says, hey, you need to be a stereotypical or prototype of a quarterback or something um, or to stop running because, you know, you can get hurt or you need to stop running because, you know, Tom Brady won Super Bowl without running and this, that, that. like, no, be who you are and be comfortable with being who you are and let the talkers talk. Okay, and if somebody touches you up or hits you too hard and different things like that, figure out the adjustments, learn how to slide those things. But don't totally abandon the thing that you are special with. Right. Don't allow it. And and I felt like during our time, sometimes um, the quarterbacks that we had with us at some time allowed the outside forces to stop what they did naturally. And that's why I commend guys like um, Russell Wilson, guys like Aaron Rodgers, who are mobile. He doesn't always run the ball, but can get away from it in order to to make plays happen. Um, Those guys are special. So stick to who you are. Um, So that's one thing that I think that Jalen can do. So I totally and 100 percent agree with you as long as he's sticking to who he is and I'm not calling him a running quarterback because Jalen Hurts is not a running only quarterback he actually has the arm talent he has the um the mentality that's what I love about him if you say give me a player with the mentality to be a potential pro bowler a potential super bowl winner and you put him in a lineup I'm probably going to choose Jalen Hurts because he has that aura about him. He has a special bond with players. I cannot put my finger on it. And it's players of all different diversities. They are in backgrounds, right? All different cultures. They believe in him when he speaks and he don't speak that much. But the way he carries himself is like, yo, I need to listen to him 
or something bad may happen. It's a little <laughs> bit different. Like, and he's not even a bully or anything like that, but he just has that about him. He, he's, it says leader. And um, so from that standpoint, that checks the box for me. Now, the play, in order for Jalen to get to that place where um, he, you know, takes that step, I think down the field, he's going to be fantastic. I, I really think that. I think down the field, which is the hardest throws to make, I think that he's going to be fantastic with making those throws. Mm-hmm. I think the intermediate game and getting back to three and understanding where the check down is, that's going to be the, that's going to be the hardest part. Yeah. Three and four, three, four check down, that makes the quarterback special, in my yeah. opinion. Can he get that? Can Sirianni bring that out of him? That's what Tom Brady, listen, Tom Brady makes the right play. He's on the right side of the field when he's supposed to be. And he understands the defense and where his outlet is. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to throw it to one and two. But if I can remember under duress where the check down is, I'm in good position. Yeah. So explain explain to everybody what the what you mean by three and four. So what I'm so there is a progression in every read for quarterback based on the coverage, based on a pre-snap look, it tells me what side of the field I should be on based on what the defense is doing, where I'm supposed to be. And usually based on what the defense is telling me, I have the first option based on that defense, and I have the second option. If the first option is there, every quarterback is going to look like a pro bowler. So if the quarterback is coming out of his um, out of his um, off his drop, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever that may be, and the ball's coming right out on the back foot, you know that the offensive coordinator is dialing up a hell of a game. Everybody <laughs> should know that. If the ball is coming out like that, the offensive coordinator is kicking the defense coordinators, <laughs> but you should know that right now. But once, and usually the good ones, you know, for the first 15, it may come out like that because they're scheming up versus defenses and all this thing. But once you weather the first 15, the first 15 plays of the game because they're scheming up versus each other, they're dialing up new stuff. But after it settles in, the quarterback very rarely one's open because the defense knows, okay, they're in that set. One, we got to stop this guy. So if he can get to the second read, that's the next progression for the quarterback. Where do I go when number one is taken away? So I go to number two. Usually quarterbacks in the NFL are good with getting to number one and number two. The bad ones can even hit number one. The mediocre ones can find, can, can eliminate number one and get to two. The special ones understand three, four, five, and run. Hmm. The athletic quarterbacks understand one, and number two is run. <laughs> get you, know, you know, so get, I, I need to get out of here. So if number one's there, I can throw it to him. If number one's not there, the only other option is to, 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 to run it. We don't want Jalen Hurts to do that because that's how you get hurt, right? Yes. You understand one, two, and three, four, and then I run. Or pressure's coming and my natural ability takes over. But you don't want to just be, I don't know where everyone is, and therefore I just need to run. You don't want that. So... Getting to three, four, and five, because there's always five. There's most of the time there's there's five outlets um, with five, five either being your check down and or your legs. There's always an, uh, uh, but, but getting back to that 
or uh, eliminating it immediately. And that's what Peyton Manning was perfect at, great at. Yes. He would automatically understand that number one and two were eliminated before the play even started. And he was automatically on three and four from the beginning. He would act like he was on one and two to, to fool the defense. And he knew he was going three, four. And that's a whole different level. But let's keep going because we can talk about that type of stuff yeah. all day. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Shoot. Yeah, it's, fun, right. it's fun stuff. You got the next right. question, Q? Yeah, I got it. Let's see what we got. Okay. Uh, this is from Sean E. Um, <clears throat> Jason, can you talk about the talent guys like Rager, Fulgham, and Watkins have? Who is the highest upside? And what happened with Fulgham last year after the first, after the, the great four-game stretch that he had? Um, and then said, what was it the coaches? Was it because the coaches played Alshon Moore? And then he kind of went in the shell. So okay. I know there's a lot of different questions there. There's a lot of questions in that. So Ray, Rager, so I, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys just a brief synopsis. I'm not going to stay long. Rager the, has the most upside. Um, he get, uh, My biggest critique on Rager from the draft time, because um, I was still in the media before I decided to um, you know, before I took the Eagles up on their offer to coach last year. So I was still in the media. So Rager and I, and I watched boatloads of tape on Rager. Um, his, his, his downside with me was, was his uh, inability to focus at times, right? So um, he would drop balls. But once we got to camp and once I got to know the kid, I began to realize that this kid can actually catch the ball and he has dog in him. I thought it was just like, you know, We've had guys where they just couldn't catch. They can run fast. They just couldn't catch well. His problem was never that he just couldn't catch. His problem is that he didn't care enough, too, because he knew he can make up explosive play. So he has everything. You can give him the ball, and he can make something happen. He has a lot more speed than most people think. Um, he's the only receiver as of right now, that I could, that I would take into a club if we got into a fight, he would be the dude that I'm gonna take out of receiving core. If he if he had one at, one to pick, <laughs> it'd be Jalen Rager because he because he's he's that's what you need though. You need a guy like that that's gonna yeah. fight. We not we you know we ain't, ain't no punks, that. man. We ain't, yeah, we ain't yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So so Rager has the most upside. Um. Travis Fogum is uh, I won't say that he's second. I think that. I love Travis, but but Quez and John has more upside than Travis Fogum. A lot of people don't want to hear that. They 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 do. Travis has I won't say that. It's, it's a toss up. I would say Quez and then Travis and and uh, and and Hightower both have upside in different ways. Um, Quez is a home run hitter. Um, very underutilized in college and very like unpolished so his first 10 12 13 games and you know he, he wasn't any help to anyone because he was just learning Darius mm -hmm. Slade beat him up for the first 12 weeks helped him out a bunch he learned more okay. in the scout team than anything so he has that okay. he has that upside and you're going to see a lot out of him this upcoming year um Quez Watkins can be the real deal because he catches the ball nice. He is really fast. He wants to do it. So I think that he has focus when it comes to that. Okay. Fogum is um, for his size moves extremely well. 
And truth be told, I don't think that he would be a bad slot receiver. I really don't. I think that him and G Ward may be competing in the slot this year. Okay. I can see that occurring. I can, I know he's a bigger body type, but I can see it happening. Now, what happened with him last year? Of course, he balls out. He's a young dude. He heard all the hype. He the best thing since sliced bread. You know how Philadelphia do. Yeah. <laughs> you have a couple of good games. You can you can run for president. You know, like Deshaun Jackson, who outshine, who he's the best receiver I've seen since T.O. Jerry Macklin's nothing compared to Travis Folk. Like, that's just the mentality of Philadelphia. They love you when they love you. Something goes down and they can bring back to reality. But we just go over fan. You know, we just we're fanatics. Right. So Travis had that glory. And as a young player, I don't necessarily think that he could he handled it the best. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the organization put him in best position. Yeah. When you got when you got young dudes that are playing like that now. There was a stretch where the Eagles receivers played really well. The young guys did. They didn't win ball games, but they were playing as hard as they could. And here's the thing. When they're playing as hard as you could, you, hard as they can, the team sees it. It's sparking the team to play as hard as they can. But the organization messed it up by putting the older players back in based on contracts. And that threw off the chemistry that the re younger receivers had. And mm -hmm. therefore, Travis Fogum wouldn't in tank. And that's just true. Yeah, that's tough, man. <laughs> you know that sucks because it's it's like that's like one of them situations where it's like you you just think about like what what could have been like what what could have happened if if we just stayed the course <laughs> just stayed the course you know what i mean yeah. like, so oh, that's tough man that's and tough. and i'll and i'll give the last thing john hightower is the best route runner we have is the best route runner that the Eagles have had since Nelson. Nel well, Nel Nelson's, Nelson was like, ladies and Nelson's a great route runner. People don't want to hear that. He, can't, he couldn't catch the ball all the time, but Nelson was a great route runner. He was. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was always open, and that's part of his first. Now, he didn't always catch it, but he was always open. Um, and, 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 and Hightower has better ability to get open than Nelson does but he still has the, he has Nelson's problem at times where he don't catch the ball. And so uh, you, you hate, I, I could see Hightower being on a team and being special, even if it's in Philadelphia or somewhere else. I think that he's going to have to have a, a quarterback that um, gives him, you know, catchable, favorable balls consistently. So do you, uh, you know what, what school? I mean, because when you said Boise State, he's, a, he's the best. Boise, yeah, I said yeah. route runner, but Boise State, <laughs> I said route. But y'all known for <laughs> no. Hey, listen, man, we had Titus Young too. Yeah. Oh man, I heard the craziest stories about no, Titus Young. No, we don't. We don't, we don't, talk, we don't get into that. All right, we just talking about college. Boise State, Titus, Titus Young in college. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that stuff. Hey, yeah. All right, we're not gonna talk about it. Oh, you should hear you should hear Coach Schwartz talk about Titus Young in Detroit, man. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I know. I I heard a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know. Hey, he had some at Boise State too. 
That's funny. All right, let's 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 get back to it. Q, I'm gonna ask you this question. Heard whispers the Eagles on defense will play a base four three under front. Can you explain the benefits, both good and bad, of playing an under front? Like, what's the difference, good and bad, maybe playing a four three under front? Okay, so without getting too too technical, um, let's start with the so the four three over front which is the normal base uh, front that most teams run. Um, you have a one technique on the weak side. So the one technique, so let's say you got two backs in the backfield, you got one tight end. You have a one technique, which is um, a, a big, strong defensive tackle to the center's left. <clears throat> then you have a defensive end, either head up, most of the time head up to slightly outside um, the tackle. To the tight end side, you'll have, a defensive end, strong side defensive end, he'll be either head up to slightly outside. And then you have the three technique, like, like the Warren Sapp, right? The Warren Sapp, the three technique, he's a he's to the outside of the, um, the right guard. <clears throat> so now under front basically flips that. And so what you do is you have the one technique, you have a one technique to the strong side now, and you'll have a, the three technique to the weak side, and you'll have the um, the the six technique or the defensive end to the outside of the tackle. Yeah. So essentially, what you got on the back side is you have a, a a guy outside the weak side guard, and the guy head up the outside the weak side tackle. Strong side, you'll you'll have the end kick down, and he's basically um, head up to inside of the tight end, and then you have a um, Sam linebacker Sam. walked up to the head up to outside the tight end. The benefits of that, me personally, um, I think is number one, you get you get your better pass rush and defensive um, tackles on the um, weak side. Um, he's basically one on one. He can he he can do his stunts or whatever on the backside. Strong side, you have a strong side slam linebacker. If you get a guy that's long and strong like we had, whenever we when I, whenever we had um, under front, we always played it with Carlos Emmons. I don't know if people remember him. He's a very good very good sandbacker, um, big, strong, tall guy, long arms, and he would just line up over the tight end and just destroy him. Um, yeah, you couldn't run to his side. And then if it was a pass, he would just beat up the tight end and basically make your your tight end a non-factor. Um, and so to me personally, I, I like the under front. The main thing is you have to have a, you have to have a, a killer strong, like you strong. Have a, a killer sand linebacker. So if the Eagles are running um, the four three under, that's a perfect position for a guy like Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, um, big, strong, physical, long arm guy that can you know he can jack up the tight ends. Um, he can you know basically stuff the run to that side. Um, I can see the Eagles using him, <clears throat> and then which kind of made the uh, made the um, I'm sorry the Milton Williams pick make more yeah. sense. If you move now, you move Fletcher, who's a big, strong, physical guy, to the weak side. To the weak side, and they have one on one. He he's the three technique on the weak side. There's not very many guys that can block him on the weak side mm. by himself. I mean, yeah. you're talking about Fletch one on one backside with the with the weak side guard, left guard. So good luck with that. And then if you have a guy like Milton Williams at a three technique, I mean, as the the one technique, that's kind of a pass rushing type of player. Um, it's, I can see, I can see, that's why I'm like starting to get excited about the defense. Now, there are some people saying that it's, it could be, um, a four, three 
um, a 4-3 stunt, or some people call it 4-3 tilt. And essentially, it's kind of the same idea um, alignment-wise. The only difference is they're aligning the same, but instead of the same linebacker walked up on a line of scrimmage, he's now back off the line of scrimmage. Um, now you have your um, your one technique who – your one technique who would have been to the um, weak side or the strong side. So now just remember, now we have the tight end. So you mm-hmm. have a, to the tight end side, you have a, um, a head up to outside defensive end. And then you have um, a, I call it, it's a one technique. So with the four, three, um, with the four, three stunt, you have a one technique that's, they tilt them in. And essentially what he is, is the outside shade of, the outside shade of the center. Mm-hmm. And what they do is you can do a lot of stunts because you're, you're now playing a gap instead of a player. So you're basically, if you're, if you have a guy that's big, fast and strong and athletic, um, think uh, Warren Sapp, someone like that, you want them in that gap and they're just shooting the gap. So they're playing that outside shoulder of the gap. I mean, the outside shoulder, of the, 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 um, the center and the, with the stunt, it's exactly what it is. Like you do, you do stunts, Tom stunts. So the Tom stunt, you have a one tackle to the left of the, the um, center and he's swooping to the, the right and then mm-hmm. you're wrapping the other, the other defensive uh, tackle to the other side. So I, I know it's, it's kind of hard. I should really get like a board up here to try the to break it down and yeah. explain it because it's not really making a lot of sense, but just essentially what it is, it's going to be a defense where we're, the defensive line is going to be much more, much more active in stunts and movement and, um, I'm actually really excited to see it because I think that we've, we've become, stale. this is the way, yeah, yeah. We got stale and in this new NFL, you have to have movement. You cannot just line up with four guys all game and just tell them, just get after it. You've got to yeah. use some stunts. You got to get them off their, out of their comfort zone. And I'm excited for it. So yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that too. Great, great, great job though. I know that's a, that's the tough one to try to yeah. vi- visualize um, that, that Sam backer lined up on the 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 tight end is like the most integral part of it of that under front under front yes. and you can take guys out of the game that way usually a team that has a great sam and they they're they're in the under like you can't really run the ball to that side because now you get into that one-on-one matchup area and usually that guy is so dominant when you're in the under front that 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 sam backer that it's like dude i'm like running it over there is just stupid like, you know what I mean? It, it would just be dumb to do it. And uh, so hopefully Kerrigan can be that for us. And I'm looking forward to a great job, Q. Let me tell you one more thing, too. I, I, the one other thing that it does, too, that, that helps a lot is it keeps teams from pulling. It keeps teams from pulling guards and pulling, you know, double guards to the outside. Because now if, you, if you're pulling, it's penetration. So I'm, I'm excited for yeah. it. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great, man. It's one of my favorite defenses. Yeah, that one on one matchup, man. That one on one matchup. You getting your butt kicked and you getting penetration up. There. Well, that's, that 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 sounds like a porno. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy boy! <laughs> All right, let's move. Let's move. Right, it's, it's kids, show. kids are watching this show. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Here we go. So next question. Um, Oh, shoot. Oh, here we go. So these, so from Kevin F. All right. So, and you, this, this one. Hold on, no, no. I'm asking, I'm asking this question. Hold on. I see this question. I'm, I'm taking this mic. Give me the mic. I'm asking this, I'm asking this. 
<laughs> oh, no. I see where you're going. So, in the 05 season, there's a story out there that T.O. wanted to fight, called out the locker room with no response. This may be two separate incidents, but somehow Hugh Douglas, who was either hurt or not on the team, got into it with him. Is there any truth to that? And can someone tell us what really happened? Q, you was there. Tell us about it. <laughs> All right, so. Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly. Anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. With, I so I can't tell I can't tell everything. You can't tell um, everything. You I can't, can't tell, tell everything. everything obviously, because okay. this 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 happened in the locker room, and a lot of stuff that happens in the locker room uh, stays in the locker room. But I will say that there was it, there was a fight. Um, it I think it kind of got blown blown way out of proportion. Um, I think I think at that time it was kind of one of those deals where it was like it was bound to happen that year. I mean, <laughs> To. I'm I'm gonna say this personally. I like I was still a uh, I was a second year player, right? To me, and for everything I saw around around him, To was a great teammate. I mean, he worked his tail off. Um, he never got in trouble. Like he just he was like a guy that you, like if you looked at a guy that just worked his tail off and like wanted to be great, like and just you wanted to see someone to motivate you to be that. That was To. I mean, the guy would take great a, example. A, a great example. He would take a a, a drag route and and run it to the end zone every single every single time he touched the ball like sprint to the end zone like he made our entire secondary better right so just a great great teammate in that sense now he <laughs> he's 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 a little bit off his rocker uh, at times and so without getting too much into it yes it it did it did go down and it started off um it started off over uh it started off over a get together. Let's put it that way. It was supposed to be a get together. And um, one thing led to another. Someone said that, you know, I'm going, I'm going to so-and-so's house. And, and then everyone kind of got uninvited. So it was just, it was like a weird, it was just a weird deal. And I think, honestly, I think what it was, was um, T.O. was just kind of feeling a certain kind of way. And just, he wasn't really for the BS that day. He just, he didn't have time for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, I guess he did have time for it. He had, <laughs> they, time. He had time that day. <laughs> <laughs> he had time. Because, uh, yeah, um, it, I, I will say he was involved. Hugh, Hugh Douglas was involved. And it was, who it got was a little up? bit. Tell, tell who got beat up? I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it 100. Who got beat up? Who won? I'm going to keep it 100. T.O. T.O. Held his own. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he, 
you would think you would think that uh, it was a, it would be it, the it other way around. Easy, yeah, no, To he more than held his own. Let's put it that way. And so, <laughs> I'm not gonna get too further into it. I gotta see Hugh every now and then, so I'm not gonna get too into it. But To held his own. That's that's all I'm gonna say on that. <laughs> you got knocked. I didn't say that. No, I just listen. No, but listen. To like To is a big dude. Oh yeah, he's, people don't, people don't To is a big man. So when you think of a defensive end and how big a defensive end is, you know, 6'3", 6'5", 280, 290, it's not outside of the framework for T.O. to be 6'3", 250 at times. You know what I mean? Because yes. he, he, his, his, his bottom weight is 230 that we see. With wingspan. <laughs> With wings, and, and, and he in shape. He in condition. This ain't four or five. This ain't, this ain't two seconds. <laughs> like defense line. We go all day. <laughs> I mean, for real. Hey, and the craziest part about it is like, so I don't, I don't want to, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it though. Like it, this, the whole thing went down in the, in the, uh, in the ice, like right outside the ice hub. So you remember, you know what it's like. Yeah. So it's slippery in there. So it, once you get out the ice tub, it's like anything goes, anything can happen. So yeah, just <laughs> like a cat in there, <laughs> no slippage or nothing. It was, I'm, I'm put it this way it wasn't to Hugh's advantage to be in a slippery area, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was oh, crazy. Man, you, make me, you make me laugh. Yeah, this was my oh, this man. was my second year in the league. I'm like, man, what the what the, the heck is going NFL? on? <laughs> uh, then we had the, the breakdown the next year when he was doing sit ups in his uh. In his on his uh driveway, on his, yeah, in his lawn, in his driveway. So yeah. listen, that had to be a fun time. I wish I could have <laughs> experienced it. Um, <laughs> I, I really do, because the one thing that people people talk about To and they they give him a hard time. To is of our generation the hardest working, maybe player of our generation. Now we're not in Jerry Rice's generation, but the hardest working player that I've ever seen. Yeah. He, he, it, like he is, he's, he's that. And um, so dealing with his personality and understanding the difference, it took, you know, understanding it to, to kind of motivate him and do not motivate him. Cause that's the wrong word to, to, to be able to deal with this personality that if you learn how to do that, you can get the best out of him, you know, but that dude worked hard. So I yeah. thought, I thought he was an excellent teammate and, 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 uh, and I know David Cully loved him, boy. Cully yeah. loves some T.O. He's like, man, <laughs> love some T.O. Because you love that as a coach, right? Because you don't have to say anything. Like, yeah. you don't have to tell your, your best player who's making a boatload of money, who's been in the Pro Bowl every year, he running down, taking something 70 yards every time that he, that he catches the ball. You don't have to motivate anybody to do that. You don't have to say anything else, coach. All right, you don't do it. I'll holler you later. Yeah, you know, so you love that. And, and what it did, honestly, what it did is it it made the entire team better. It made mm -hmm. the entire team better to see a guy like you just everything you just mentioned, a guy that stature, that that accomplished, working that hard. It made everybody want to get better. So, you know, he was a great teammate. He was now it's it's tough because of obviously everything else that happened, but you know. I think he was a great, he was a great teammate that, that year. Let's say, let's put it in that, that year, year. He was a great teammate. All right. 
thing you already that, know. That's you know, the, the, somebody. The, <laughs> doing push-ups on the driveway, T.O. I don't know. That was a different that was a different guy. <laughs> different, yeah, it's different. Yeah, you never know which one you get. <laughs> <laughs> you may get this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> so oh man. oh man, I tell you a story, man. I always tell a story, man. I played basketball, pickup game with To. We having a McDonald's like game. We always play, you know, the football players versus like the top like players in Chicago. It's a great game because like professional football players versus like like guys that are going to Kentucky and Duke, or whatever. Because it's the competition level is very very close. Because we are stronger. Both of us, both of us of our like um. We all are athletic, right? So it's a it's yeah. a great game. We've had it's been going on for 20 years. Okay, that's cool. And um the rule is that there's no nobody outside the area though. Like only Chicago area guys. So TO is not from Chicago. <laughs> Napoleon Harris <laughs> it's like, man, I want TO to come. And we like, dude, I, he gets TO to come. I'm the point guard of the team. It's me and Antoine Randall and Rodney Harrison, just a bunch of Chicago guys. Mm-hmm. All of us hoop all the time. Through every time I come down the court, T.O., hey, Jay, 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 Jay. <laughs> I pass in the rock. That thing never coming back. You give it to him. <laughs> that thing is not coming back. You give it to him. We were playing with a Wilson, the ball Wilson on it. Well, we left the stadium, man. But Wilson was in the palm of his hand that night. <laughs> he had thirty, but we were losing. So at the fourth quarter, I thought he got mad at me. I didn't want Tio to beat me up. I heard the story. And I'm like, all right. So, so, so the point guard. So I just stopped passing the ball. We went down the stretch in order for us to win this game. So I had to get in the lane and dish the people close to the basket because we were losing. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the end of the game, like, man, Jay froze me out at the end of it. You know what I mean? I'm like, Tio, you already got, I got you 32, man, 30, whatever you had. <laughs> like, oh. Tio didn't want anybody else to shoot. He's going to shoot that every time. If we, I passed him, he's going to shoot it every time. He's like, ain't nobody else on the court, nobody else on the planet. I'm only just me, myself, in the gym, nobody else. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. That, uh, listen, no star, I'm not surprised. One bit. <laughs> Boy, I, I'm like, boy, T.O. Oh, got the game. By the way, the game was canceled forever after that year. <laughs> Been going on 20 years. No more, no more McDonald's Classic in Chicago. Oh, my God. <laughs> T.O., man, see, come on, man. It's T-O. all good, though. It's all good. We have fun. It was a good run. That was good stuff. Hey, I'm on, I'm on Q. We're going to transition. And we're going to transition and talk about um, one of the guys. He's not on. A, he's not on our paper, but one of the guys off of Instagram. Guy I've been knowing for years. His name is Jerry. Always follows um, the Eagles. And he had a question for us. He had a question for you. He had a question for for me too. But one of the questions he had for you, I thought, was a very inter- interesting question. Um, when you're coming out as a defender, like what keys are you looking for? from the offense that's going to give you a tip on what the play possibly could be? What are you looking at? Yes, that's a great question. Um, As a secondary player, a lot of it depends on the coverage we're in. So let's say we're in, um, let's say we're in man, cover one, right? Everybody plays cover one. The first thing that I'm looking at, let's say I have a tight end that's um, attached to the line, like he's in the three-point stance. So 
now this is now that I have a tight end man to man, I'm kind of in the run front, right? So that means that if that tight end blocks, I got to be able to find the run to to fill because I got my man, he's blocking someone else. I got to make sure that I'm filling there. So if it's man attached to the box, I'm looking at the tight end. I'm I'm looking at the triangle. I'm looking at the quarterback, the quarterback, the back to my side, and the tight end, kind of all at the same time. Now, let's say I'm in man and the tight end is flexed like in a slot. Now, I know I don't necessarily have a run threat. So now I'm looking a little bit more. I'm thinking he's thinking more past because he's split out. Now I'm locked in. I'm looking at his hips, right? I'm inside shade. I'm staring at his hips. I'm watching his get off. Now, let's say I'm on a tight end again, and now he's flexed out all the way wide. Now I know definitely no run threat. Now I'm definitely, it's all man. So now in that situation, I might go up into a press technique because I know, you know, hey, they're splitting him out for some reason. I'm a faster guy. You know, he's a big, strong guy. Maybe I can jam him and and get some timing off there. So now I'm impressed. Now I'm inside shade. I'm looking at his hips again. So that's that. Now let's say I'm in, uh, let's say I'm in quarters coverage. Now, if I'm in quarters and I have a tight end that's attached, I'm still technically in the run front. So I'm still reading the triangle. So I'm reading the quarterback to the back to the tight end all at once. Same kind of deal. If he's flexed, now I'm a little bit more. I'm still reading the um, quarterback and the, um, the back to that side with the tight end. But now I can cheat a little bit because he's flexed. I'm off about 10 yards. Now I'm going to cheat and I'm going to look at the guard. A lot of times the guard or the tackle will tell you if it's a pass, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm looking at the guard and the first thing I see him do is pop up like this, that's pass blocking. So I know it's 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 pass. So now I'm locked in. Okay, I got you. It's pass. If I'm looking and the guard lunges out like he's run blocking, I'm thinking, okay, it could be a run. It could be a boot. It could be something else. So now I now what I do is once he comes out and he, he lunges and he's run blocking, I'm looking at the tight end to see what he's doing, or I'm looking at my number two, my slot guy to see what he's doing. Um, if it's, if it's, um, let's say we're in cover two, where I'm like a true, true deep, deep player, I have no run responsibility at all. All I'm looking at is the receivers in front of me, and I'm getting my read off of them. <clears throat> if they're coming off and they're blocking, let's say they're running down and blocking the cornerbacks, blocking the linebackers. I'm I'm just kind of floating now and I'm mm-hmm. trying to find a run if they're running, if it's the run. I'm just going to, I'm secondary force. <clears throat> now, if I, if I'm in a deep half and these two receivers are screaming down the field, I'm backpedaling my butt off and I'm just trying to stay in between both of them. Yeah. Trying to um, split the difference, right? Exactly. Yep. Try to split the difference. And so um, ideally I would say just as a general rule of speaking, um, if I'm, if you're any type of man or, um, cover three type of coverage. Um, I'm looking at my coverage guy, the guy I'm supposed to be covering. I'm watching his hips because the hips never lie. Your shoulders, you can come on and run around and shake what you used to do all the time and get hit off their spot. I'm not looking up here. I'm looking down at the hips. If we're in a cover, if we're in a cover two, cover four, um, any type of coverage where I'm kind of secondary force, I'm reading, I'm reading the guard tight end or guard slot and the, and the quarterback. Yeah. And I'm getting my reads off that. Now that's a great, that's great insight. That's great insight. 
And from, from, from that perspective, you can, I'll say this too from, and I'll piggyback now and I'll um, see the other question. Based on the, what the offense is doing, based on the personnel they have in the game, all of that speaks to the defense as well, right? Based on where the guys lined up at, based on, you know, who they have in the game, all the, what down it is, it's a process of, of elimination. And sometimes the really good players can eliminate things based on the formation that they get in, who's in the game and all those things. And they can narrow it down. And that's when guys become special. And I remember being with, you know, Luke Keekley in Carolina, and he was great at it. He was really, really good at being able to break it down to one or two plays that you were going to do. Now, every team is different. You can't always do that. But if it's a team that's like, um, you know, the Eagles were last year where you can start to see things on both sides of the ball, you can kind of tell, okay, what defense, what, what defense is coming, what offense is coming. And, um, and, and and that and that's when the game slows down. You know, it's really good at that too, Asante. Oh yeah, Asante yes. is great. <laughs> when it came to coverage reading, I don't know if I played with anybody that recognized pattern reads better than he did. Mm -hmm. Like if 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 he if he saw if he saw the number two and he's he's to, he's to my side and he saw number two go flat, he automatically said this is a curl or it's a dagger. Like he autom they're clearing him out for some reason. Yep. Right. He, he didn't say, OK, this is a go route. He's like, no, nah, it's either he's stopping on me or he's going to go in. There's no there's no other way. Like, yep. And that's just how it was. And he used to pick. Remember, he used to pick. He used to pick bang eights all the time. I'm like, how are you picking a bang eight that easily? He would he's, undercut it. He would go over the top of it and pick out. It's like, how is he doing that? I've you never seen. It. So for people that don't know, like a bang eight is like a skinny, like a skinny post. Yeah. He five to, or he, seven step, like on time throw. Yeah. He used to he used to. Those were amazing that he used to um, pick, but I was even more impressed when he used to bang, he used to um, undercut those dig routes. So he would, mm -hmm. he would, he would line up off, and he would. I don't know how he did it. He would line up off, but he would line up outside shade and yeah, almost kind of bait, almost kind of bait that that route. So he would, he would backpedal, the receiver run like ten yards or twelve yards, and then run that dig, and I and I, I wish I could explain it in person I, I could probably do it better in person but he would almost he would almost like he showed me how he did it how he did it one time but like one day when a receiver breaks on the dig route he would like do this weird thing with his arm where he would come underneath mm -hmm. the route like he would cut underneath the route so like most of the time people don't know like when someone's running a dig route as a if it's a defensive player you want to first secure the tackle because if you come underneath and you don't make the tackle and they House catch call. it it's a touchdown so I myself would never even try to do it, but he figured out a way to be able to undercut a dig route and pick it off. And he, I want to say he got, I'd seen him in one season, probably get like six off of just that route. Right <laughs> off that route. And because right. that's that's a go-to money route for everyone. It's, it's such a, I won't say it's an easy completion, but it's a high completion for a lot of teams, you know? Yeah. Um, and so if you can get that, it, 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 it's real good. Um, he asked me, he asked me, um, Q, um, you know, talk about the routes, route tree and how the quarterback and receiver stay on the same page when, it, when they're reading zone. Um, how, they know, how do they know to, to be on the same page, basically? And 
that's a very, very hard question to explain this way. But the route tree, um, it's a vague term. Most people don't know what it is. But usually when they say a route tree, if you like look up a route, route tree online, it's going to show like a stem that's going straight up and it's going to give you a bunch of different, you know, lines that's going off of it. Um, and running a full route tree is very, very hard to do good because guys have different weaknesses, different sides, different things, different, uh, you know, that. Now, how quarterbacks and receivers stay on the same page is the more that they understand the defense. And the quarterback is the one that's responsible for that in practice. The way that they're on the same page is eliminating the gray area in their mind. I remember going over to Donovan McNabb because I was a film watcher and I would say, hey, listen, on third down, they're going to play cover two under man majority of the time between third and four to third and 10. They're going to do that. That was that was Green Bay's thing when they had Charles Wilson. That was their thing. Right. So on third down, they would be in this under man. And I would say, hey, listen, and under man. I'm not going to be able to cross his face because he's inside. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take two steps to the inside and then I'm going to come right back down my stem or away from Charles Woodson. And I already had that plan made up in my mind before the game. Or I would say, hey, we're playing, you know, um, we're playing the Cowboys on the Wade Phillips and um, or in Wade, they play this cover four. So once once I go vertical, once number two goes vertical and cover two, the safety is going to pick me up man to man, right? At some point, once I clear the second level defender, the, the safety has me man to man with an inside leverage. I'm not going to be across his face because he's going to make sure that he keeps an inside leverage. But as soon as the, the curl flat defender, as soon as I pass him, I'm going to stop and we can hit each other right there. Like we already made it up in our mind what we were going to do beforehand. And a quarterback is the one that's responsible for it. But if you have a receiver like, the Edelman's or, you know, Devontae Adams, those guys that you can tell, watch tape and know what they're doing. And therefore the quarterback is able to play ball with them. Every receiver should go into the game knowing exactly what they're going to do on their route and every coverage, every potential coverage that they are, they're going to have that week. I used to literally go down my playbook and be like, okay, if I'm in this position, I get this coverage, this is where the hole is. If I'm in this position, I get this, this is where I did. And, I, and, you, can, and you don't have to go through and say, I'm going to get, you know, cover, you know, three in this position. Because I know on third down, they're not playing cover three, you know, yeah. you know unless they're in red zone. Like, but they're not playing cover three on third down. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, you, you might as well give us the first down. So they're not, they're not going to do that. So you can eliminate it on those different downs, but that's how you do it. They're running a full route tree and all those things that that's going to get very, very technical. Um, but um, look up what a route tree is online. There's a bunch of different branches that stem off, um, you know, that, that main stump and most guys cannot run a full route tree. They can on air, but getting open with it is very, very hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the answer. No, that I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So and, go ahead. And then another thing too, I would add to it, um, to that question too, is if, I don't know if this is a coach that's asking this or, or what, but um, 
start to find out um, like there's certain routes that are designed or made for certain coverages. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I personally, um, if it's a coach, I would say, listen, if, if you know that you're facing a team that's playing a lot of cover four or a lot of cover two or whatever, find the best three route combinations that you can to beat those coverages and then just work on the timing of those routes. And then, like you said, exactly like Jason said, like it's got to be a situation where the quarterback and and the and the um, receiver get on the same page because nothing, no matter what, no matter what coverage. And this is one of the things about defense. There's no perfect defense. There's there's no perfect defense at all. There's all there's holes in every defense. There's holes in every coverage. You just have to. The 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 thing about defense is you try to get you try to put enough pressure on the quarterback or you put enough timing off to where they don't find those holes. Exactly. So the teams that are successful, the teams that are, are very good are the teams that they're able to with, with, withstand the, the timing issues, withstand the, the pressure issues, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the better way to do it is you just, you, like you said, you find the holes, you have a plan going into it and you attack it and you get them out of it. Because if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm calling cover four and I keep getting eight up on cover four, I'm not going back to it on third time. I'm going to try to do something else. So Yeah, you get him out of it. You know, and a lot of times what that happens, a lot of times what happens that ends up being man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what to call them. Just, man, man. Man, come on. <laughs> and then you know you got him. It's the rap after that. <laughs> when you're getting tore up, when you're getting tore up, <laughs> when you're getting tore up, that's like the coverage is like, all right, all right, listen, game plan not working. Y'all dumb and y'all can't get it right. You can't play man. All right, that's it. <laughs> right? When you gave up, when you're a defensive coordinator and you gave up on your players, <laughs> when you gave up on, man, just play man. Just play man. Y'all dumb as hell. Like, you can't get it right. <laughs> play man. <laughs> hey. That's real. Shoot. Oh man. Same. And I've been on I've been on not not in the pros, but I've been on some defenses like that. <laughs> where we just couldn't stop. And then the coach, he he come into the huddle like this. <sighs> we working on this just all play, week. Man. <laughs> working on this all week. Fit right here. You fit right here. We can't get it right. We working on this all week. Listen, don't worry about it. Just shoot this. You got this gap. You got this gap every play. <laughs> oh, oh too man. Funny, man. It uh-huh. is. But that like concludes like our our most of our our questions. I think we got through all of them, Q. At some point, some way, we got through all of the questions. Yeah. Um, we had a couple of um oh, similar you questions. Go. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was saying a couple of the questions were similar, so we kind of grouped them. So hopefully we answered um you know, everyone's questions. If, if we didn't, you know, go ahead, send us another email at, uh, inside the birds at oh. inside the birds at Gmail. Right. That's the yeah. Email. Oh, 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 quick. Let me, I, I got this one for you before we go for Cause we already, okay. we already, yeah, no, we get, we, can, yeah. can you guys talk a little more about what it's like working with those volatile players? Is it all press or is it real? Like, you know, players that, you know, like a T.O. reputation or um, Steve Smith. Yeah. Like when you got just players that just are a little bit, you know, harder than most. Like, what is it like working with players like that? 
Um, for me personally, I, I never, I don't, I don't think I, I had any teammates that were volatile in the sense of, um, that were volatile in the sense of I never wanted to be their teammate. Um, we had some strong personalities. Um, I, I probably would say maybe the most um, different personality was was uh, Will Peterson. Um, I think he changed his name to Will, Will <laughs> Joseph, right? Yeah, Will James. Will James, yeah. He was a little <laughs> different. He was a good dude, though. He was a good dude. He was a little different. But other than other than him, like, I didn't really have any crazy. And, and most of the, the quote-unquote explosive guys that I've ever experienced have been on offense. You know, Steve Smith. Hey, hold on. And T.O. So, I, I mean <laughs> – Maybe they should ask you that question because on defense, I mean, we just had some dogs over there. We got some dogs. Y'all a little touched too. So I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm at the position of the most ego, right? As a receiver, you have the most ego. One, you know, you most of the time you, you're handsome, you run fast, you look good with your shirt off, right? So you, you know what I mean? So there's a little bit of swagger. You make a few dollars, right? People know who you are because of the the media hype, because you're outspoken or what have you. So it's become a culture to to kind of, you know, let your personality show for a receiver. There's a, there's a lot more bravado, a lot more ego. And so you have to be able to, to, to find out what motivates and what kind of is the, the player's inspiration. I say that the best way to handle any personality is to create a relationship because the relationship that you have, and you're not doing it because you're trying to control, you're doing it as a good human being to know more than just a Jersey number or no more than just, you know, the dude that scored touchdowns, right? So you want to know and understand this person because you're going to be around them a long time. And usually what I found is that if you create a relationship with anyone, they're going to be more, more, um, they're going to accept your advice and accept you as a person a lot easier if, because you have a relationship with that person. The only times, and, 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 and you will be able to diffuse a situation because you have a relationship with a person. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things that, that I can say now it's tough though, because, um, it's very, very hard to, from a coaching perspective, because there's always a player that if a line is right here, it's the person that wants <laughs> to like, like be right next to the line, like, or, or like, <laughs> it's that person all like th that's the receiver every time right <laughs> he always want to be right near the line right always so as a coach it's a pain in the butt because you have to enforce rules because of that person and he always puts you in that position because he gonna make you look like a punk before all other players <laughs> So for a coaching, for a coach's perspective, it's a pain in the butt. And also from a real leader's perspective, because you always get tossed in that situation. Oh, yeah, I made a friendship with this player, but I can't allow his antics to divide the team. So it always puts you in a situation where you have to be in a leadership role. Um, talk, you know, because both of us were leaders on teams, right? And 
it can be tough and it can be uncomfortable at times because guys with a lot of big ego and like volatile players like Steve's and wh- whoever it may be like cause Steve would punch you out of the blue. He'd just punch you or call you anything or whatever it may be <laughs> back in those days. He's not the same person anymore, but back in those days, Steve was just a little bit out there. No, no he was, when I, when, he, was, <laughs> he was still, he was still that same person when I was there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, so, so <laughs> I give y'all a funny Steve Smith story, right? <laughs> so I'm at a Christian conference, like a pro athlete Christian conference. Steve Smith is there. Me and a few of my guys, there's a bunch of people there, right? And remember, I said that this is a Christian conference, right? So I'm in a bathroom, and one of my teammates I play with in college, Steve Breston, we invited him to come. And I'm in there, I'm talking with Ryan Money, who played for the Steelers, and I'm talking to a guy named Jamar Adams, I call him my brother. And I'm like, man, Steve didn't come i'm like dude we invited him we want to pay for his trip and he's like oh man you know steve trips sometimes we're talking about steve breast so we at the you know at the hand you know washing our hands i leave out of the bathroom about five steps out of the bathroom i get a tap on my shoulder do i know you or you know you know such and such it's steve smith like <laughs> i don't like i don't be talking about me behind my you know such i I'm like, man, I I love the person, but he was super aggressive. Like, you know, like, like I was talking about him or something. I was like, man, I'm not talking about you. I was like, I have a teammate. His name is Steve Breston. That's who we're talking about. He's like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, man, we had a Christian conference. You about to do me in at a Christian conference? <laughs> hey, he was, he would have. That dude crazy. I was like, but ever since then, that's been my boy. Ever since then, like ever since that moment, we laugh about it. Now I saw him at I saw him at a uh, Disney World one time, and somebody smacked me in the back of the head, and I got mad. I was like, "Dude, who smacked me in the back of the head?" And I turn around, I'm like, "Ah, oh, man, Steve Smith. Like you ain't gonna because you know if you if you you gonna y'all gonna be tussling right there in the middle of oh, yeah. of, of of the action <laughs> ride with many like looking at you like, man, it's a dang shame what these dudes come gonna be on YouTube, like, <laughs> Steve Smith." Yeah, that dude crazy man. <laughs> he he's a great dude. Though. Like, don't don't <clears throat> don't get it. Like, we're not bashing him. He's a great dude, but he 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 will flip like that. <laughs> hey, look, it ain't bad to have. You know what I found out though, Q? Guys like that get the ball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they play the dudes that don't say anything. That's the great teammate. That's the choir boy. That like you get passed over. The dude that go in there and turn over the table in the coach's office and be like, "Man, f you, you, and you better give me the ball next week, or we are gonna have some problem. Meet you at the airport and locker room. You better do that on on because I'm gonna do it, or whatever it may be. That dude, the next week he gonna get about 15 targets. I'm telling you, <laughs> and he gonna catch them all too. <laughs> he gonna catch them all. I don't know what it is, but some sometimes like the management they don't respond to people doing the normal thing the guys that that create the ruckus a lot of times they get rewarded for it, so guys just do it so yeah. there it is well <laughs> divas r- receivers hey, hold on now. Hold do it on. listen somebody gotta bring the swag to the party <laughs> Somebody gotta be wavy out there. Somebody got look. We bring the energy. Like, what you talking about? They no come doubt, to see no us. Doubt. They don't come to see safety. They come to see the receivers. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No, I'm right. messing with you. I'm no, you're right. Hundred percent. Listen, I hope they're not coming to see me. I don't want them to see me. Yeah, say they see, see me. Come to see the safety. It's, it's, man, hold on. it's a wrap. But if y'all seeing yeah. me. I mean, I'm not having a good game. <laughs> no, you better you hear that that name, Twin Michael, with another tackle. 
<laughs> this is always fun, Q. This has uh, um, been a, a very, very funny and rewarding show for me. Um, I really appreciate doing it, you doing this show with me. And um, um, thank you for putting in the time. Thank you to Inside the Birds, Adam and Jeff and Hunter in the background and everyone else that's responsible. Make sure that you check out Inside the Birds. Um, I think they air on Tuesdays. We air on Wednesday at 6 a.m. The Q&A show airs Wednesday, 6 a.m. Inside the Birds platform, YouTube channel, also Amazon Music, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure that you guys are putting your questions out there, inside the birds at gmail.com. And we want to say thank you to everyone that participated in the Q&A show this week. We're going to be ready next week with that fresh fire. Thank you to all the fans out there. And we're going to sign out tonight. Make sure that you come by Launch Trampoline Park located in Denver, New Jersey. We got it all there, baby. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Can you want to say anything to the fans? Yeah, man. Like, listen, it's been as I say every week. It's been a great time. Love, love doing the show with you, Jay. Man, I always learn something, and uh, the stories are amazing. You had, you had so much you fun. Had the, man. You had the fire today with the with the <laughs> under. I was in there like, man, I know the under stuff from Madden, but I didn't know it like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> under front from. I probably should have had cars. You know, next time I'll have some cars already made, so it'll be a little easier to follow. But yeah, man, it was a good time, and and uh, as always, man, appreciate it. All right, you guys.